Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam Balderstone for another episode of Bedrock and Balderstone. And we're starting a new uh, segment. I don't know what you would call it, but like we're doing a new thing where we're going to be doing Farscape. So like kind of like we did with Babylon 5 last year, we decided Farscape would be an interesting one. I know Adam, it's similar to because Adam knows more about the show than I do. I know nothing about the show. In fact, Apparently, I've been confusing it with Firefly in my mind. So I have I, I, my expectations going in were way, way off. Um, yeah, so. yeah, they are. They are both both shows about people on a spaceship, but very, very different in every well, other respect. What must have confused me is I'm you know how like gamer and science fiction fandom is. They both cross my feed in the same way. Do you know what I mean? On yeah, social media. Yeah. So that's why I must have... And maybe the color, maybe like the coloration of the shows, like the, the tones of the, of, the, of the ships looked similar enough to me that I was just... Uh, but, but Firefly is a show that never impressed me whenever I would see glimmers of it. And this is a show I had a much different reaction to. And we did the premiere. So we just did the premiere yeah. episode. Um, yeah, well, it, it makes more sense now because I remember you were you were almost a little off put by the amount of hype around the show, and I'm yeah. like, really, Farscape had that much hype? I've never heard that much. It's it's got a cult following, but it's it's you know it's it's kind of a sleeper hit. But I was like, okay, whatever. You know, no, I, I was I was completely confusing it with Firefly. Um, <laughs> which which took a little bit of research this morning for me to figure out. Uh, I know that's probably like mm. bad. Like I should probably know the difference between Farscape and Firefly, but it's one of the, these. They're both shows I've I've never I've never paid any attention to, so I didn't well, I didn't really. Yes, we like to alternate between things you know about and things I know about. The yeah. fact that you didn't know this just makes you more relevant to the, well, the role in the reviews. It, it also makes it more interesting for me too, because I didn't know how I was going to feel going in. Like like you know, part of doing a show like this that we do is we have to watch these things whether we like them or not. Do you know what I mean? Like if I pick yeah. a show and Adam doesn't like 10 episodes of the show, he's still going to sit there and watch those episodes. And and it's fine, but like the experience is always different. And this was a really enjoyable premiere because I really liked the... I, 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 there was never a moment during this premiere where I was bored. I was always like, ooh, what's going to happen next? And ooh, what's yeah. that? And, and, and I was surprised at every turn, maybe because I was expecting a Firefly sort of thing. And, and even then, all I have to go on on Firefly is what I've imagined based on <laughs> what I see, like little glimpses of. Uh, but I was not expecting it to begin with like a, a, a shuttle launch. Do you know what I mean? That, that surprised me. And then I was not expecting this electromagnetic magnetic wave to suck him in to someplace. And then because it started with a shuttle launch, I thought, oh, he's going to get sucked into someplace that's really like hard science fiction-y. But, uh -huh. it, but it plopped him into like a Star Wars, Jim, Jim Henson's workshop type, uh, type setting that had a bit of a 90s vibe. But it yeah. really felt it felt really '70s to me too, in in a good way, uh -huh. like 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 classic sort of '70s gritty science fiction stylings, like Star Wars and things like that, with like where, where the machinery's all dirty, and and the creatures are, I mean, they used a combination, I think, of CG and 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 puppets, but or animatronics or something, but yeah, but, but again, it's puppetry, yeah. But, but there was like a dark crystal look to some of the monsters. There was a a Star Wars look to some of the monsters. It definitely felt like it felt like it felt like Jim Henson and um, and, and Spielberg and um, 
you know, and 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 and, uh, and and that crowd had their you know had their fingerprint on it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, it's literally the Henson Creature Workshop doing the effects. Oh, okay. So that... Brian, Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son, is the special effects guy for this show. Okay, so, so they it's... weren't just aping that look. It was it was <laughs> no. actually properly that look. Okay, it's the it's the look. Okay, because yeah. And, and, and obviously George Lucas, there's like a George Lucas feel to some of this. Um, so so just in terms of being in the right zone for like what I grew up with, it sort of worked. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, OK. And, and even I even felt like, oh, it kind of feels a little bit like the last Starfighter and stuff like that to me at times. You know, there's uh, and I liked I liked the way the guy is sort of uh, sucked into this other section of, of, of the cosmos and has to adapt right away. But all of the trappings are familiar enough that you grab them easily. Like the the evil empire is, 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 is you know. The peacekeepers. Yeah, yeah, you just get it. Yeah, you, you get it right uh, away. Um, yeah, and I, I really I really like the, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the Buck Rogers kind of thing to an extent with having the guy shot into a different world. But, uh, you know, an astronaut specifically in both cases. But I... I like the way in this show there's there's also kind of a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy kind of element where it's like he, it's not he's not as hapless as Arthur Dent by any means he is a much more capable character but there's still kind of that vibe of all everyone else treating him like oh it's this weirdo from this backwater planet kind of yeah. thing no and I, and I like the aliens a lot of times like you never know how that's going to land you know what I mean like the like, yeah. the aliens all also, I kind of felt like there might have been a little bit of a D and D thing going on with the with the party they were assembling initially. I don't know if that's just me picking that, up. On that it. is not just you. Okay. I've heard that theory elsewhere. Yeah, okay. you got a cleric and you got a fighter. And... Okay, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, but but it wasn't done in a way that made me angry towards the show. Do you know what I mean? No, it it's not heavy handed. I mean, it's like I said, it's it's ambiguous. I don't know if that that's really what they were thinking, but you can see it there. Yeah, yeah, because the woman's a priest and the and the the warrior looks like a dwarf to me it's sort of like imagine imagine if a dwarf and hulk hogan were fused together with bird parts and that's kind of like and squid parts too yeah 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 i'm probably not familiar enough with the race but like i was just honing in on the beak he has like a beaky nose that uh yeah yeah, yeah, he's kind of got those tentacles going down. So I think the beak is really more like a squid beak. Is what oh, they're okay, for. okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think squids have beaks. Some do, at least. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Well, the know. Kraken definitely does. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but I like the characters. I like that they have... What's her name? Aaron's son. The, um, yeah. Uh, she's part of the Peacekeepers. And so it adds an interesting element to like okay there's this person i mean again that's a very 70s thing it's kind of you know you can have like a mr smith type character or i guess it's much earlier than 70s but you know what i mean like a um uh shady character who you're not sure if they're if they're on the side of the heroes or not uh and i don't know how her story is going to pan out maybe by episode two they figure that all out but it seemed like they set it up so that we're never really going to know until well into the show where she where her loyalties really are um, yeah. Well, I think that taking that a step further too, the fact that there are, you know, all the other aliens are escaped prisoners too that are just have just started working together as this escape attempt. Nobody, nobody on this show has any loyalty to each other, but they have a good reason to work together, yeah. which is just, it's you know, because as someone that in my teen years, 
like watched Star Trek Next Generation, which had the rule, everyone, all the main characters must always get along. Yeah. It's like any show where there's great, you know, Babylon 5 was another example where plenty of the characters were at odds. This is another show where everybody has to work together, but they don't have to like each other and they don't have to agree on what they need to do. Yeah. And it, 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 it throughout the whole series, it, it adds a lot to it. No, I think that worked, and I noticed that right away because, like, even in the in the first interaction, what's his name? Ka Diargo is that the warrior guy? Yeah, yeah, Dargo. Dar- oh, Dargo. Sorry. And what's the uh, what's the the priestess's name? Uh, well, it, yeah, Zan is just what what she goes by. She's got, I think, I think Pa Zoto is her uh, title, but okay. uh, Zan, just Zan is fine. So when they first interacted, and she was almost like seducing him a little bit, I was yeah. like, okay. This is like I don't know who I'm supposed to like. One of these people might be a little sinister here, and I don't. I'm not sure which one. Um, and 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 by the end of the scene, I think I was suspecting that Zahn might be use you know exploiting uh, his curiosity about what was it the fourth the fourth set the the, the fourth the, sensation the fourth yes. sensation um, <laughs> in order to manipulate him. Um, and then also I, that I, other what's the other guy the, the little tiny Muppet guy. Who that's said? A, that's a Rigel. Rigel, the guy. He's he's the one who says, um, "I help you now, and you'll help me later." Right? That's yeah, like, that's like a great, great prison type thing. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you're you're new here. I'll, yeah. I'll look after you. You know, but uh. so, so yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic that they have set up, uh, and uh, and I, I don't know. It was it was just fun. It was an enjoyable enjoyable episode. I, I was uh, I was. I was I was expecting I think something really goofy or something really really serious and it's both yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's well it just felt like a good solid kind of adventure episode yeah. to me do you know what I mean it didn't it it, yeah. it, it, it I, I enjoyed it and uh and and I think uh I I I was I, I'm I'm very interest very interested to see where this where this is heading um you know I don't know yeah. how I feel by the you know as the episodes unfold. But, but right now this was, to me, it felt like, you know what it felt like? I have a history of, of getting interested in a show when it first premieres only to have the show canceled after like five episodes or something. It felt like one of those shows. Well, that's Firefly you're talking about now. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, yeah. I mean, this goes on for, there's four seasons and then there's a mini series after the four seasons. So there's a, and these are, these are, Good old fashioned, you know, '90s, early 2000s season lengths, not the uh, not the modern version of of shorter seasons. So yeah, there's plenty of show, and it 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 gets better over the entire course of the first season. Like I said, it starts good, and I said, but it gets get, I feel like it gets better over the course of the first season, and it it stays good. It's not a show that ever ever got a chance to decline. So. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's sometimes good. You know, I mean, that's like a um uh sometimes it's better if they end while they're still in their prime you know yeah uh, yeah yeah well this show this show got cut off actually for economic reasons because it was made in australia and uh and basically it was getting money provided to it by the sci-fi channel and then the economy kind of shifted and the australian economy took off and suddenly it was a lot more expensive to make things in australia and uh, sci-fi channel was like Okay, we're not paying for this anymore, and that was the end of the show. Okay, so. no that 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 can that can affect things, you know. That, that's definitely yeah. I, uh, I think uh, 
that is interesting. It's Australian, I, and you mentioned that I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I felt like they were using a lot of sort of generic, non like neutral accents uh, in, for the cast that was on the on the escape vessel. Um, um well, Zahn has a very Australian accent. Uh, so does Rigel. Um, Dargo is an Australian actor, but he's definitely doing another accent. Okay. He's kind of leaning more on the American side. And uh, Crichton is American. The guy, okay. that Ben Browder, the guy that plays him, he's the he's the one American in the okay. cast. I might have just not picked up on it, but uh, I'll, I'll try to listen. Well, there, well, there's different kinds of Australian accents. Too. I mean, I'm, I'm an Australian, so there's... There's accents some people who don't live in Australia don't think of as Australian accents. Oh, so I thought you lost your accent. So is your is that that's no, no, I lost my accent. Oh, okay. No, I do not have an Australian accent. Yeah, I I I always call Adam a stealth Australian because I had no idea until until he mentioned it to me, and you know he's he's uh 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 you know like I think most listeners probably assume you're Canadian or American when they when they hear you, but 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 Adam uh, is from Australia. And, and yeah, so yeah, all, I mean, I know the, the stereotypical Australian accents, do you know what I mean? Like those are the ones that, you know, yeah. like, like Mel Gibson and, um, what was the guy's name? Paul Hogan. Was that the, uh, uh, who was Crocodile Dundee? Oh yeah. Paul Hogan. Paul Hogan. Yeah. yeah those, those are like the two that I, that, that are like yeah. my go-to <laughs> Australian accents. <laughs> but, uh, and Mel Gibson, but... I don't think has his anymore. So, uh. Well, uh, you're going you're gonna to get to learn all kinds of Australian accents over the course of watching this show. And oh, the guy who plays Captain Crace, he's a New Zealander, so he's well, not... see, New New Zealand accents to me always sound British for some reason. I always make that really? mistake. Yeah, I always, and I know that they don't sound like British accents, but I just whenever I meet somebody from New Zealand, I assume they're from England, and then they tell me they're from New Zealand, and you know, I, I just don't have an ear for it, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's not like people who aren't from America can always distinguish where in America people from are yeah. from, you know. So well, you know what it's probably like. It's probably kind of like the the Boston and the New York accent are not that far apart. They're both kind of non-rhotic, and you know they have mm-hmm. you know they drop a lot of similar letters, but but they're different, and you can hear it if you're from the area. Um, but uh, but yeah, so. Uh, you know, I, 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 would you say then that the show has an Australian character to it, or is it? Uh it it, it definitely does through the acting. I mean, I, yeah, I would say that I would say that there are definitely Australian things about it. I mean, you know, because obviously it's it's got Americans involved in it too, so it's uh, not not it's not uniquely Australian, but I feel like there's there's definitely Australian to it <laughs> well i feel like too there was a period of time that was around this time when we we got like a slew of australian actors who made it really big in in uh, you know like internationally right like like isn't yeah. jeffrey rush from australia and yeah. um is uh is kate blanchett australian or is she english uh no she's australian she's australian i know there were a few others that were that i'm pretty sure there were quite a few others around, around the same time but i'm curious would you say through the acting what, what do you mean by that like is it... I just feel there's a lot of uh, Australian personality in the show. This, the, uh, uh, I mean, you know, basically like Zahn, she she just feels very very Australian to me. Okay. Uh, so does Aaron Sun for that matter, and uh, 
And yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just, there's just, just. Can I, <laughs> I can know. I ask it's, just because I, it's not so, you know, again, my, my, I'm, I'm not as, as familiar with it as you. What, what would, what is like an, like to you, what does Australian character mean? Like, like Australian personality. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could answer. I'll think about that for a future podcast. Okay. Perhaps I'll think of things that, that strike me as Australian, but I, I, I I, I can't come up with anything right now. It's just more of a feeling. No, I, uh, I, I know what you mean. Like sometimes I'll like somebody will be from Boston, and it's like, oh yeah, I can see that he's from Boston. Boston, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I can't really pinpoint the specifics of of why. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's more than just the accent, but it's uh, there's just the way people say things. I mean, and I don't know. It, it's uh, yeah, but but the uh. But yeah, you know, get, getting back to that scene between uh, Dargo and Zan you were talking about, too. I like that because through, you know, because Dargo is mainly this really tough, has to show he's tough all the time character, you know, trying to intimidate everyone around him. And it's like the uh, the scene with him and Zan is, is Zan kind of putting him on, in an uneasy <laughs> vibe. He's kind of awkward and and almost shy during that scene. And it's just, it's just, it's a great way in the pile of showing that, Hey, these characters have a little more to them than just their, you know, it it, it just gives both characters a lot of depth. I feel. No, no, I got that because he's kind of the, I'm the warrior character of the show, which was, which is, you know, a trope in the genre. And, and, but, but there's clearly like an insecurity underlying it. And, and she was even able to expose it. I, I, again, my hearing's very bad, and I don't know if I heard everything she was saying. But I thought she said to him when he said, "Like I've been in uh, two, two ba- like two battlefronts, or I, like he was involved in two wars, two and battle two ba- campaigns, two battle yes. campaigns." And she, I think she said, "Like only two, right?" I, I yeah. might have misheard her. And, no, and it, no, you heard right. Yeah, and so it kind of deflated his his ego. Um, and so, so, so she, she's definitely one of these characters that. She 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 has the she uses empathy and understanding in a way that can defeat people. Do you know what I mean? It's a very yeah. interesting personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, the, in fact, if I if I had one complaint about the show, it'd be this: the uh, mm-hmm. the John Crichton character to me, he's a scientist, but they do the thing they always do in these shows, where the scientist guy looks like he plays football, and I. Actually, I, I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I actually like it in this case over the course of the show. They do. He, he really feels like the guy who does play football, but mm-hmm. is also smart and like plays D&D, too. You know, okay. so they, over the course of the show, I feel they really kind of get that right. It's like I, I could say he's, he's actually reminds me of people I've known. OK, so it's like I because, you know, your criticism is valid, but I feel like this is a show that takes that and does it right okay you know, okay no like, uh, I, i'm very eager to see what they do because i'll, I'll keep an eye out because i know because i noticed it especially in the last scene where i was like wait this guy's like like you can see like he's wearing a shirt and you can see he's like definitely goes to the gym and i'm like like and i remember as i'm watching the scene i'm like oh man i could never look like that and then i'm yeah. like wait a second what's this scientist doing with like the you know this the, this football player physique so 
Like, here he is an astronaut, too, which requires a decent amount of physical fitness and That's true. science knowledge, too. That's true, so. but, but even then, like, astronauts... I know, rarely... other scientists aren't usually that... Yeah. This is like, like, this is like Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, 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 I don't know if it quite gets to that territory, because, you know, we're just going by what we see under the shirt, but it seemed like it was uh, uh, more, more, more muscles than you normally see on a scientist. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. again, if they're aware of it and they use it in an interesting way, that might be, that might be uh, a cool thing for the show to do. So I'll keep an eye out for it. And again, it was like my one complaint. Like I didn't really have, I, I didn't have anything in the show that, that emerged that bothered me this episode. There was nothing, there was, no, you know, there were things I could see people maybe being critical of, but they were things that wouldn't have bothered me about a show like this. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. I was, I was fine with it. Um, but yeah, and it's uh, no, and it, it's it's it gives you a nice. I, I feel like the show has a really nice aesthetic overall too. Like you know, when you get to go down to the planet, the commerce planet they visit, and so on, gives you a a, a good good taste of what the uh, what the show looks like going forward too. I feel like. No, I I uh, I I, I um, really like the way the show looks. It. it 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 fe- again it feels a lot like Star Wars to me like just the the general uh, look and sort of the way that like the ease with which they transition from one place to another and things like that. Um, it also kind of reminds me a little bit of the what was the the remember that movie Pitch Black? Yeah, yeah, I do. Do you remember the? I forget if it was a sequel or if there was like a third one, but there was another movie where they expanded on the. Um, yeah, Chronicles uh, of Riddick. I Chronicles think of Riddick. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't like that movie, so it's I never actually that. saw that one. So. Okay. I I quite liked it, but but bits of this reminded me kind of of the uh, Chronicles of Riddick thing as well, um, and also what was that recent one that came up even, um, Guardians oh. of the Galaxy. It had a little bit of a Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah. feel. Oh well, actually, Ben Browder is in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. The guy who plays Crichton is in that. I mean, I I remember I one of my best friends was watching Farscape at the time, the first trailer. Right. I, I'd been trying to talk him into watching it, and he he watched it and was was really really enjoying it. And then the 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 Guardians of the Galaxy trailer dropped, and I was just like they, the, the the first trailer. They kind of have like the kind of mugshot thing going on yeah. with all the characters and so on. And I was like, man, I was like this. This this is really channeling Farscape a lot. And yeah, he was like, he, he was like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen the second Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't either. I just know that I just know that Ben Browder is in it. So Have you, did you see I, the first Guardians of the Galaxy? I did see the first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I liked it. I liked I liked the first one, and I I don't know why I never saw the second one. You and I will probably have to make a point of you seeing the Chronicles of Riddick and me seeing the sequel okay. to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that that'll work. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't get out to the movies much anymore. That's why I never saw the second one. So, well, I always I, wait for them to come out on on Blu-ray or on demand or something. Anyways, but I just yeah. got lazy in my. No, I didn't get lazy. I was watching other things because we have all these shows that we have to watch. So it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a pretty full plate yeah. with Wusha Weekend and and everything. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so no, I, 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 I quite liked it. I, I really, uh, I was pleasantly surprised and, 
and I was nervous going in. I really was because, I, like you, I, you, you could feel my reluctance. I think because you mentioned it at the start of the podcast. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of pushed you on this because once again, I was like, I'm pretty sure like this is going to appeal to your aesthetics and sense of humor and stuff. So I was, so you know, and that was like too. I, I didn't commit you to doing the podcast. I said I'm sending you. Here's the first episode. Yeah. Watch it, and you can uh, you can decide. <laughs> no, and and the thing is, I got it. I was like, well, like on the one hand, Adam was very right about Babylon Five. Like that was like a you know, like I, it couldn't have been more right. I was like, but it, but but my, my what I'm imagining the show is going to be like, I can't imagine it. And and I I, I kind of tend to do that with shows. Like I just I imagine something that's completely awful before I even watch it. You know? <laughs> watch it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and so it, it was it was a nice surprise I, I i really was not expecting that opening to be a shuttle launch like that it was and it was and it was a and even some of the quirkiness of the way that opening sequence was shot i kind of <laughs> enjoyed do you know what i mean uh right down to like the really douchebag looking best friend who is involved in the in yeah the... who's doing a terrible american accent that is like a classic bad australian doing an american accent accent he there. looked like yeah. the guy from um what was the name of that uh starship troopers he looked at like the lead actor from starship troopers a little bit um, oh yeah 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 he kind of has yeah. like a villainous look in his eyes do you know what i mean like he just there was a glint in his eyes that just kind of bothered me and his hair yeah. was like too gelled or something he just kind of you know yeah, yeah, there's just a weird, weird vibe to him. Yeah, and of course, and there's Crichton's father. He's played by uh, Kent McCord, who was one of the lead actors in the the beloved series Battlestar Galactica 1980. So, well, he was fine. I mean, he he was a little bit. Stiff. Oh no, well, I'm not yeah. knocking his acting. Yeah. I was saying he, I'm just just bringing up his uh, sci-fi credentials, such as they are. But again, it was you know the, the it was sort of one of these you know again it was like the like they're just getting their footing on the show. You can tell. And that scene is kind of like, you know, the, the standard father and son sort of, you know, kind of moment that these shows tend to have. Yeah. Um, but I did like that they gave him the ring, that the ring was the thing that allowed him to escape. I like yeah. it. I like that it starts with this idea they have of this theory of he's tr- I, I, I again, my hearing was bad, so I missed a lot of the techno babble. I don't know how sound the theory was, but basically they were going to try to use the Earth's gravity in a particular way to, yeah, to accelerate and 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 make interstellar travel possible and he's able to use that later in the premiere to escape from the peacekeepers so yeah i, I mean slingshotting off a planet to uh accelerate is is sound the uh i mean it's interesting because they but isn't you know, that how we already do isn't slingshotting already yeah it's not it's really that's that's the one thing is it's like well it's not that controversial but, a theory so. so so i thought what they were saying is they were doing it in a different way i thought like there was like well, a different mathematical theory that they were operating on that would make even faster travel possible it's possible they are because I mean, we don't we don't get too much detail on it. Maybe if you freeze frame the article that the the friend holds up it'll have all the facts in there but uh I don't know. Yeah, they were, uh, okay. So, so I thought I was missing details. Maybe they were just deliberately vague, and that's what was. I think. Know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this show there, there is some science on the show, but this is this is much deeper into the realm of science fantasy than than hard science. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. But, and, but, but that's kind of what I like about it is when the show starts, yeah. it looks like a hard science fiction show, and then it shifts into like you know <laughs> Another, Jim Henson's workshop. Um, yeah, and also I really do like I you know 
it's kind of like you were saying, like you have like the Buck Rogers and like the, like a lot of these older shows, there was often the premise of the person starting on Earth and getting stuck somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. and I, I, I always thought that was a really great premise for a kind of like a monster of the week type show. Do you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. get, like or, or just like a, uh, you know, any episodic television, really. It just opens up a lot of possibilities because the character's always trying to get home. And and so uh, I, 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 I it was refreshing to see that 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 as a plot device again um yeah yeah and this 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 show makes very very good use of it i think and i i like you know i mean i like like one thing i like about this episode is just that the closing scene where you kind of have Crichton heading back to his room and he has the the rough encounter with dargo and aaron soon's kind of like making that really ominous conversation with him about choosing your friends carefully and how Crace is, you know, yeah, you're out of his jurisdiction, but, you know, he thinks he killed his brother. You think you're going to be okay? <laughs> she kept remi- Aaron's son reminded me a lot of Patty Smith for some reason. And so that's all oh. I kept thinking of every time her character popped up. Um, but I, I, I like the characters. I really do. I think the characters so far. I, I, are we going to get a bigger cast as this goes on, or is this remain the... Um... Oh, we will. There's, yeah, there's, 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 uh, at least two characters I would consider crucial to the show that will show up over the course of the season. And do we so, lose anybody that is important? Like, does it? Do we get any cast changes like we got with Babylon Five, or is this one more? Uh, not for a long time. Okay. Not for a long time. Okay. We, I mean, yeah. There's. I mean, there. But there are there are cast shifts over the course of the show. But but yeah, no. Everybody feels very easy to track in the show. Um, so that's good. That's, that's one of, one, one of the warning signs that I'm not going to have an easy time with the show is when the characters aren't easy to track. Uh, then I, then I yeah. get nervous. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, no, it, it, it does the wuxia thing where every character is so stark that I can, <laughs> I can, I can, I can, I get a firm handle on them. Even if they introduce 12, I'll be fine. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, it's, it's good in that they're all very stark, but they still have layers to them at the same time yeah. it's not which is which is good for a tv series because you know that that get, that gives characters unpredictability even though we're seeing them every week <laughs> yeah no i agree so yeah so yeah. I, I i i think i'm looking forward to this and i think we should probably you know pause here and next next week we'll pick up on the um on the on the first episode i guess right because this was the premiere episode so the next episode is is it considered episode two or is it considered Actually, I, 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 I just looked this up. This this actually, I called it a pilot, but it's not a pilot because because it was going to cost Henson so much money to make the effects simply for the first episode. They had to get a deal to do an entire season. Mm. So, like, if we're going to build any of this, all, any of these sets and monsters and everything – we we need to we need to have a have a season deal. So it's actually a rare case where there was never a pilot. It just okay. got a deal to make the whole first season. So this was actually episode one here. So. Okay, so so we're gonna do what episode two and three is what we were thinking. We'll do about. episode two and three. Yes. Okay, and also me and Adam are gonna be doing um, another show probably on Sunday where we will. It's a it's a television series based off of the the Gu Long story, The Eleventh Sun, and uh, and. I've seen a few of the episodes already, you know, when it first came out, it definitely deviates a lot from the source material, uh, uh-huh. but it should be interesting. 
and uh, and so we'll, we'll we'll probably cover the first episode there, and uh, and I think it'll be nice because Adams had a lot of exposure to Louis Cha material, but less to the Gulong stuff, and Gulong is is a little bit sexier and and grittier than um, than Louis Cha, so it, it should be interesting. Forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, and yeah. So and then and of course on fr- on uh, Friday we're going to be doing I believe the Supreme Swordsman with Derek Yee. And we probably have other things lined up that I'm just escaping. Oh, yeah, uh, Wusha Workshop. Uh, I believe we're going to be doing Duel to the Death on, uh, on Thursday. So uh, people can stay tuned for that as well. And our, uh, our Patreon, uh, follow the link, check it out. Uh, feel free to support it. There are reward tiers. Uh, we use it. Sometimes we have to get movies in Blu-ray or DVD form or somebody's mic breaks or whatever. It's useful for that sort of thing. So the support is helpful. And, uh, and yeah, so we will, we will head out and we will be back on next time. <laughs>